The expo recorded over 24 million visits from 178 countries. The visitors had the option to visit over 192 pavilions, each representing a country. For us uh, at CNN and at CNN Arabic in particular, this event carried a lot of the um, topics that we care a lot about. Uh, things like innovation, like the youth, like the uh, uh, environment, climate change, uh, opportunities, startups. So I think it's it's very important that in such events, especially condensed events, that uh, uh, you focus more on the quality rather than the quantity. And at the same time, use the, uh, let's say, the power of the different social media platforms to package and repackage. The Expo 2020 was delayed um, by one year because the pandemic was in full sway. And when it was held, the world was still in limbo and it was still undecided about uh, what direction the world should take now. And welcome to another Science Journal episode. Today, we will be talking about the World Expo 2020, which was hosted in Dubai in the United Arab Emirates. It was hosted from the 1st of October 2021 to the 31st of March 2022. The World Expo is a large international exhibition dedicated to showcasing the achievements, culture, and most salient information about nations. It was originally scheduled to happen between October 2020 and April 2021. However, it was postponed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The expo recorded over 24 million visits from 178 countries. The visitors had the option to visit over 192 pavilions, each representing a country. I am your host, Asmat Nakib, and I am joined by my co-host, Shahir Liakat. Hi, Shahir. Hello, Asma. Hi. I'm glad we're doing this. All right. So we are also honored to have CNN Arabic journalist Samia Ayish with us today to talk to us about the coverage of the Dubai Expo 2020. Thank you so much, Samia, for joining us today. Thank you very much, Asma and Shahir, for inviting me. It's exciting to be on this podcast. Thank you so much. So we're going to just like ask you a couple of questions. So CNN was an official broadcaster during the Expo 2020 in Dubai. So could you please talk to us about your experience covering the World Expo 2020? Okay, so it was it was actually an event that um, uh, was planned for, I would say, years ahead, not just months. Um, for us uh, at CNN and at CNN Arabic in particular, um, this event carried a lot of the um, topics that we care a lot about, uh, things like innovation, like the youth, like the uh, uh, environment, uh, um, climate change, uh, opportunities, startups, um, uh, small businesses, uh, 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 creativity. So all of these topics were actually uh, uh, there um, during um, uh, Expo and we, 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 we tend to feel that um, uh, there is a lot of interest in such topic. So um, for us, it was uh, six months of working tirelessly on, um, uh, on this very important project. We had a dedicated team that was going almost every day for shoots and for coverages. It was kind of, um, I would say it was like a six months bootcamp um, uh, of coverage focused on topics that we always love to talk about. And there is also a, uh, a big appetite for um, such topics as well. Thank you so much, Samia. Could you please quickly introduce to the topics that you covered during the Expo 2020? Uh, Expo was mostly about um, opportunities. So that was the, uh, like the big kind of idea about the Expo. What opportunities does it open for the country, for the region, and for the people of this particular, uh, for this particular um, uh, 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 location in the world? 
Um, and that, that, that covered so many aspects which we wanted to talk about. That covered environment, that covered businesses, that covered um, uh, 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 employment, job opportunities. Uh, even sometimes when we talk about things like sports or fashion or art or even travel, there are always opportunities that the expo has uh, opened the doors for. Now, um, what's really nice about uh, this year's coverage is the fact that uh, we had the whole world coming up to showcase everything they had in terms of, you know, like whether it was cultural, whether it was traditional, whether it was heritage, whether it was innovation, futuristic, and so on. And I would say that a lot of those countries um, excelled in the way that they showed those innovations of theirs. Uh, so uh, uh, you would see, for example, traditional things that are showcased in a different and a futuristic way, which was actually very unique for us to see. So what I, what I want to say here is that many of the pieces that we've worked on were visually amazing. And that's something that is usually appealing for the public because um, now everybody is a social media platform. Everybody is on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. So. If you're writing, then you're doing fine. But if you're producing visual content that's appealing to an extent where people could actually watch longer videos, then I think um, uh, uh, the impact is even greater. Samia, behind the global vision of Expo 2020, there were lots of national identities as well, which were sometimes at odds with one another. So how did the organizers, and obviously you were the official broadcaster, in short, the political aspect of the expo wasn't blown out of proportion. For example, you had a Palestinian exhibition over there, you had an Israeli exhibition over there, Iranian exhibition, an American exhibition. So how was cohesion ensured in order to send a global message that transcended political narratives? Now, um, while, while of course we, we took it upon ourselves that we want to cover as much as possible from the expo, but at the same time, as a media organization, we care about what our audience um, looks for in our coverage. So um, a quick look at what is interesting for, um, for, such audi for, for such audience, especially that we have a lot of people who uh, watch us uh, and uh, specifically, for example, seen in Arabic, uh, we have a lot of people that are uh, uh, coming from the Gulf region, from um, uh, from North Africa, from Egypt. So there, there are certain sensitivities that we had to take into consideration um, for for such an audience. Now, this is different when it comes to CNN International. So CNN International covers things in a different way because it's for a global audience. So while we talk about, you know, like as you mentioned. Um, while we talk about um, the Palestinian uh, uh, pavilion, for example, um, uh, there are other pieces about um, Israeli innovation, probably in some areas, or you know, like uh, an event that took place in in another uh, uh, pavilion or anything like that. So um, I, I, I would I would say it all it always depends on the type of audience that we're talking about, uh, because of the at the end of the day you're producing content for that particular type of audience. So you should take into consideration the personas, the needs, the quality of work they're looking for and, um, and so on. So I, I guess while we are following the same organization, which is the umbrella of CNN, um, CNN International and CNN Arabic being based in the region, 
Of course, they would have a little bit of different approaches towards that. And that's mainly because of the audience. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you for uh, bringing that up. Um, now, I understand that CNN Arabic was very engaged with this project and um, you guys were the official partners of Expo 2020. I'd like to talk a bit more about the coverage that Expo 2020 received from other media organizations uh, and global media organizations, especially in the context of the COVID-19 pandemic. The Expo 2020 was delayed um, by one year because the pandemic was in full sway. And when it was held, the world was still in limbo and it was still undecided about uh, what direction the world should take now as it is recovering from the COVID-19 pandemic. So in the context of the pandemic, what do you think the coverage, the global coverage of Expo 2020 was? For, for many of us, of course, many people were taking extra caution and there was a period of time where there was a rise of uh, and a rise in the number of cases, especially with Omicron. So even the expo itself had put a lot of restrictions on people visiting and the media and so on. But, you know, like I think the expo was held at a time where, where the world has started to heal from the um, uh, from what happened uh, during the pandemic. And I also think that people were at that point in time where they were so done with the pandemic that they want to move on with their lives. And I don't actually blame anybody for, you know, feeling that way because everybody felt the same. So um, while at the same time you would sense there were like the um, little hesitancy in being in um, uh, big groups or... Um, uh, getting stuck in like uh, in, in in a small area with so, with such a crowd and so on. I think towards the end, people just um, I don't want to say they took off their masks, but it, it it came to the extent where people wanted to enjoy the rest of the expo um, and you know just um, uh, 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 just have fun with it away from uh, all these restrictions with COVID. Now. With, with the media organizations, of course, because at the end of the day, these are companies and they need to care for their employees. So um, uh, uh, I'm sure like, in, uh, like, uh, w- like what happened in CNN, every uh, uh, other company would care about uh, setting some rules and regulations about who to send uh, with the vaccinations, with the PCRs and so on. But what I would actually say, um, uh, just to wrap up on the answer for this question, is that these restrictions didn't stop anyone from going to cover the expo. Um, this is the first time the expo is here in this region. And many local and regional news organizations didn't want to miss that opportunity. So um, it, was, um, it was kind of a challenge to actually uh, being active and and move in such in such circumstances, but I I would say that um, uh, uh, many news organizations did a good job with coming, even if it's once to the expo and um, covering covering it for the rest of the world. Wonderful, thank you so much, Samia. So you mentioned the challenge of you know the pandemic kind of hindering the coverage and everything. Um, could you please talk to us about other challenges that reporters might have faced when they were trying to report on Expo 2020? Um, other challenges? Um, uh, the thing is that when you talk about the Expo, um, and especially if you're covering it for um, for six months, um, while there is always you know new ideas and new things to talk about, 
But I still feel that once you start, you start talking about ideas within Expo, within the same kind of uh, atmosphere and context, it's kind of, um, it, there is a fear of them becoming very repetitive. So when you talk about innovation in, for example, um, Belgium, uh, like uh, in, let's say in France or in Spain or any other parts of the world, um, there is always that fear of being repetitive with the type of stories that you're telling and the approach that you always have. So um, while at some times we could have, you know, like uh, conversations and discussions, whether we should be covering this compared to that and so on, um, um, uh, uh, I would say there was a lot of uh, uh, quantity uh, being, uh, um, uh, you know, like streamed and produced from the expo to the extent that at some point it looked all the same. That's kind of the weakness that I would fear most organizations fall into. Um, I would have preferred if a lot of the organizations just focused on the quality more than producing hundreds of stories a day. Um, and especially with the limited, uh, sometimes with limited resources, you could end up saying or telling the same story all over and over again. So I think it's, it's very important that in such events, especially condensed events, that uh, uh, you focus more on the quality rather than the quantity. And at the same time, um, uh, um, uh, use the, uh, let's say, the power of the different social media platforms to package and repackage. And I think that's something that was missing in a number of media organizations, possibly including CNN as well, when it comes to talking about the different ideas from Expo. Thank you so much. And I do appreciate you raising this point of quantity over quality, because that's something that all journalists struggle with as a journalism major, as someone who has, you know, been trying to cover different stories. It is, it can be a little challenging, especially when you have like pressure from the organization, pressure from perhaps the editor or something to like maybe produce something. Maybe you don't have enough time. So you end up producing something that you're not necessarily satisfied with. And that is a problem that a lot of media specialists struggle with. Um, I do want to kind of talk about um, one of the most important aspects of Expo 2020, which is sustainability, as it was one of the primary themes that was on the agenda. They had games, stands, and pavilions that were dedicated to raising awareness about the environmental crisis. And visitors could play a game of high-stakes pinball and meet Nasher, a giant sharp-toothed machine representing endless consumption. They also put in place solar energy and water-condensing trees alongside water flowing through traditional fellage irrigation channels. So could you please describe these mechanisms and strategies that Expo 2020 put in place to ensure that the event was sustainable and eco-friendly? And based on your coverage, do you believe that they succeeded in making it eco-friendly? Now, I mean, I mean, um, at the end of the day, we, we should not forget that this is an event that took place for six months and um, it, uh, one of the reasons it, it actually, um, uh, or they actually made sure that it happens in this part of the world is to um, uh, 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 attract attention to this part of the world and to say that we are the new world. So um, it's a way of improving the image, especially that we are in a region where there are lots of wars and uh, crises and uh, problems and fighting. So. Um, um, I think Expo as an event was an image changer for this part of the world in particular. Um, I would say that it's very important that we keep the legacy of um, 
of Expo. So it's not just six months that we learned about sustainability or using, um, uh, preserving the environment or uh, uh, reducing climate change and so on. I think this is a legacy that should carry on and it should carry on on different levels. Probably the most important level is education. So I believe that um, uh, like we have a lot of subjects in schools. So maybe there's a subject about the legacy of Expo where you actually teach students how to embark everything that they have seen, especially that there were so many trips to the Expo. Uh, you embark everything that you have seen in, um, in Expo and you actually make it into a lifestyle rather than, you know, just learning about it and then talking about it with your family and that's it without actually making it a practice in your daily life. So, um, uh, so I, I think while they did a good job, which was excellent for PR purposes, I believe that what's more important now is to keep that legacy, to keep it for later so that it becomes part of our life because time uh, and resources has, have proved that all of this that has to do with uh, natural gas and oil and so is not sustainable. We need to find other sources to save our environment, to help our people um, live longer and live a, a healthy life and so on. So um, uh, uh, again, by uh, embarking on such um, standards and uh, such ideas of the Expo, and especially with the younger generation, I think this legacy could actually live for, um, for uh, uh, decades until Expo happens again in this part of the world. Thank you so much. And I do believe that education is the best tool that we can use to raise awareness about crises, about these issues that, you know, we have to kind of educate the younger generations about. And I do believe that trips to the expo and showing everything in real time and having them kind of interact with all of this would be an amazing way to raise awareness about it. Um, now I'm going to turn it over to Shahir. He's going to be asking you a couple of questions. Uh, Samia, I was hoping to ask you about the future of such global events, mega events, in which people from lots of different countries come together, they fly in, um, and resources are enabled for a physical experience. Right now, we're having lots of discussions about the metaverse. You know, Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook is leading that. Um, and then you, you have NFTs and you have cryptocurrencies. So as the world sort of tilts towards the cyberspace, do you think that such physical mega events as Expo 2020 will still be relevant in the future? Um, I do, um, because um, I, I don't think we're going to be at that level where we're going to be 100% virtual or 100% online. Um, I think human nature will keep on fighting that idea, although they are trying to reach to a level where they want to be virtual and online and on the metaverse and so on. But I think there is still that resistance towards such um, such behavior and such ideas because at the end of the day, um, the human nature um, likes to be around, uh, you know, like physical things. Um, so I, I think what's going to happen in the future is that we're still going to have the... Um, uh, we're still going to have the physical events uh, taking place on ground. But um, virtual is going to be a very uh, 
important and vital part of it. And probably while you're going to be able to like travel and go and be in the location itself, maybe the experiences inside are going to be uh, kind of a mix between the physical experiences as well as the um, uh, the virtual ones, but that's going to happen on ground. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, I think Expo is not just about people um, coming together, but it's also um, for the countries, it helps them in their economies. It helps in securing jobs, in the travel, in the, it helps in their image, as we said. So I think there are so many levels that are attached to, uh, to, to events like Expo, not just the idea whether it is taking place on ground or it's going to take place um, um, uh, virtually in the metaverse. All right. Thank you so much, Samia. Is there anything else that you would like to add about the expo, about the coverage of the expo, CNN or anything? Um, uh, uh, just one last thing that I want to um, uh, just uh, touch upon uh, uh, like very quickly. Um, because expo was, um, uh, uh, as we said, it's, it's, it's about opportunities. So um, I'm really glad that we, uh, uh, especially on social media, um, I mean, we saw the... Um, legacy media organizations like CNN and BBC and uh, uh, other organizations from different parts of the world coming to cover. But I'm really glad that um, we had so many content creators and social media. I don't want to use the word influencers because I hate that word, but people with a lot of following on social media and who know the game of producing content on social media. I'm very happy that I that we saw these personal experiences um, being covered and uh, um, uh, uh, being, uh, you know, shown for us on, on different social media platforms. So um, such events um, have proved, you know, that uh, 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 if you want to pass on the spirit, you can do that with the younger people, with the younger generations, with the younger uh, content creators. So um, um, I don't know, probably in the next uh, expo, uh, um, uh, we're going to see a change in the way the media organizations uh, um, cover those events, probably using more of uh, such influencers. But I think um, uh, 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 because there was a lot of buzz that was created about this event on social media in particular, um, it's going to be used as a more powerful tool to attract uh, attention, to attract um, uh, 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 talents as well uh, uh, into the coverage and into the stories of the expo itself. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Samia. I believe this concludes our discussion about the Dubai Expo 2020. Thank you so much for your time, Samia. It was lovely speaking with you for this episode. And thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. And until next time on Science Journal. Thank you for listening to the Science Journal podcast. Don't forget to visit our website, sciencejournalqa.com, and follow us on Instagram at sciencejournal.qa. This episode of Science Journal was produced by Professor Anto Mohsin and his research assistants, Asmat Nakib, Shahir Liaqat, and Ahmad Jassim. It was edited by Asmat Nakib, graphics and artwork by Ahmad Jassim.